It's the Code St. Luke Telephone Broadcasting Service and Podcast for Monday, September 21, 2020. On today's episode, Kathy Diamond is here. She will be speaking about the book, The Leavers, by author Lisa Ko. Here is Kathy Diamond. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Kathy Diamond on behalf of the Eleanor London Code St. Luke Public Libraries Monday, well, it used to be Monday morning book club, now Monday afternoon monthly book club, here to talk about a book. This month's book is entitled The Leavers, spelled L-E-A-V-E-R-S, and the author of the book is Lisa Coe. The Leavers was the winner of the 2016 Penn Bellwether Prize, established back in 2000 by American writer Barbara Kingsolver to promote fiction that addresses issues of social justice. And if you've ever read any of Barbara Kingsolver's fiction, you'll know what a large part social issues play in her work. Readers of fiction read for different reasons, entertainment, escapism, wanting to learn about the world and its inhabitants, but through a fictional setting. One can ask the questions of whether fiction has to be relevant, should it be relevant, or should it be timeless, have a timeless quality to it that means that it doesn't matter if the period you're writing about um, takes place was 100 years ago or 200 years ago, that good fiction should be able to address different time periods. Should fiction aim to put a human face on issues of the day? And if that is so, is it enough just to discuss issues of the day? Or should fiction somehow do more? Should it be activism, social activism? Lisa Coe's debut novel, the one that we're talking about today, The Leavers, brings these perennial questions to mind. Her book centers on a Chinese boy named Deming Go. And Deming Go, when we meet him, is 11 years old. And his mother, Paylan, or Polly, as she's known in New York, where they live, leaves for work one day. She works in a nail salon in New York City, and she never comes home. Deming is left. He has no idea what happens to his mother. And he is eventually adopted by a white family, a white family who live, two academics, an academic couple who were unable to have children of their own, who live five hours north of New York City in upstate New York. They take him, they adopt him, they give him a different name. He has been rechristened as Daniel, and they give him their last name. So Deming Go becomes Daniel Wilkinson. And in the decade following his adoption, after his mother has left and he has no idea what happens to his mother, this young boy who grows into a young man tries to assimilate to his new life, his new life as this Daniel Wilkinson living in a small in a small community in upstate New York in a very white, non-Asian community, 
while still searching for information about his birth mother. And so this story is told, the novel is told, the way the author has set it up, is told in four parts. The first is from the viewpoint of 11-year-old Deming, who, whose mother, as I said, goes to work one day and doesn't come back, and there's no information that anyone has about her. And he is then, um, and this young Deming, before he is adopted, he lives for a short while with, as he has been living when he lived with his mother and his mother's boyfriend, Leon, and Leon's sister and her son, Michael, who is a boy of Deming's age. The four of them, sorry, the five of them had been living together in an apartment in the Bronx. Um, This makeshift family had been a happy one. Happy, that is. Is until Polly disappears. And young Deming is her son who, who feels totally abandoned, is trying to figure out what happened and what happened to his mother. And that's the main story of the book. Most of the book is written from the point of view of Deming, Daniel, who becomes Daniel later on, with parts of it told from Polly, his mother, Palin, or Polly, from her point of view as well. But as I said, the majority of the story is told through the through the viewpoint of the young boy, the, the, young, the young boy who becomes young man. The reader is therefore, because, because most of the story is thro- told through Deming or Daniel's eyes, that we, the readers, are led by Deming's judgments and thoughts. And it's only when Polly, his mother's parallel narration, comes into play in the book, in the second part, in which she addresses her son in a second-person narrative, that the facts of her disappearance begin to unspool. Meanwhile, Deming blames both himself for his mother's disappearance. He has these feelings, alternate feelings of anger towards her and guilt at himself that it must have been something that he did that made his mother disappear. Otherwise, why would his mother one day pick up and leave and they would never hear from her again because the boyfriend doesn't know what happened to her. Nobody knows what happens to her. Um, And in his mind, Deming is building a case against her Um, as well as longing for her throughout his teen years until at the age of 21, he gets a bit of information about her that comes via Michael, this this young boy with whom they had been living with for, for five years in the Bronx. And at 21, Deming finally sets off to try and find his mother because of the new information he has as to her whereabouts. She always wanted a better life elsewhere, Deming remembers. And what turns out to be the story of his mother? His mother, Palin, 
was born in a small backwater provincial town in China. Her her own mother dies when she was very young. She's brought up by her father, who is a fisherman who struggles to make a living. Uh, but life is like that in this village that Palin is born into. But Palin herself is a very is a feisty and rebellious and very strong-willed young girl. And at the age of, at a young age, when she's still only a teenager, she herself leaves her father. And you have this title, this the leavers. She leaves her father and her village and she sets off to find, well, maybe not fame, but a bit of fortune in the nearest big city. She goes to work in a factory, as do so many other, um, it seems, Chinese people who lived in these small villages. And she starts, she goes to work in a factory. She has a boyfriend of sorts who is the neighbor from back in her village. And one day she realizes that, hmm, it's possible that she is pregnant. And it turns out that, yes, she has become pregnant by this neighbor from back in her small village. But meanwhile, she is in this town in in this bigger city in China, and she has no intention of wanting to go back to the town to marry the boyfriend, which she easily could have. And so what does she do, this very strong-willed and feisty young girl? At the age of 19, when she, when she finds herself pregnant in China, she finds out that if you pay someone, if you pay a smuggler enough money, and it turns out that it's $50,000, you can, the smuggler will get you to America. America, the golden land where things, where one has the chance of a better future. So this is what, this is what Palin does. She finds a smuggler, pays the $50,000, which is a debt that she has to then spend years repaying, um, and lands in America. She tries to get rid of the baby because she doesn't want a child. She is there all alone and she is about to set out on this adventure. But when she gets to the hospital, she's told that, no, at seven months, we don't do abortions. And she has the baby. The baby is her little son, Deming, who she tries to take care of as best she can. But it's really practically impossible because she has to go to work in a factory every day. She finds somebody to help look after the baby, but that doesn't last long. She brings tries to bring the baby to work in this factory where she is sewing hems on jeans, um, but that also doesn't last very long. And eventually she sends Deming back to China to her father, who looks after him for the next six years, five or six years. When Deming's grandfather, Palin's father dies, then Deming comes back to New York to live with his mother. Um, He moves in and then his mother by now has this boyfriend, Leon. They live together, as I said before, in an apartment in the Bronx with Leon's sister and her son, Michael, who becomes like a brother to Deming. And all seems, I mean, both, both Deming's mother, Polly, who's by now Polly and working in a nail salon, and her boyfriend, Leon, who works in a slaughterhouse, they work very hard, but they're managing. And their makeshift family is happy until the day that Polly disappears when she goes off to work one day in the nail salon and doesn't come home. 
Has she simply moved to Florida for a better job, which is what she had been telling Deming that she wanted to do? And Deming had insisted that he didn't want to move with his mother. But would she really do that? Would she really leave him as a result just because she felt that she had to leave again and move on? Why does she never call? And why does Leon the boyfriend, her, her, his mother's boyfriend, disappears shortly after that. These are all the questions that, re, that remain with us, the readers, to be solved and ones that Deming would like to know the answer to. Eventually, Deming is adopted by a well-meaning couple by name of Kay and Peter Wilkinson, who live in a small, very white, upstate New York community. They are both academics and they have a, there's a big there's a big emphasis on education and academics with them. Deming is not a good student. He was wasn't a good student when we met him when he was 11 years old and he still hasn't acquired um a, a penchant for learning. Music and guitar playing, however, are very important to him. So now as Daniel Wilkinson, the former Deming Go, try, tries to assimilate, tries to figure out how to make... Um, how to deal with life in this very white community where he stands out as an Asian... In moments of frustration, his adopted parents remind Daniel how much they are doing for him and how grateful he should be. Then the story takes a turn when out of the blue, Daniel Deming hears from Michael. Remember, Michael was the boy who, the the son of um, his mother's boyfriends when they lived together in the Bronx. And this bit of information, this email from Michael, which says to him, Deming, if this is really you, Daniel Deming, I'm looking for a Deming go because I have information about your mother. Please contact me. So Deming does this and then he goes back to soon enough, he is headed back to China to try to solve the mysteries of his life and of his mother's disappearance. The book is very thoroughly researched. researched. It's and, and the author has said in an interview, she said that it took her 10 years to write this novel. This is her debut novel, the first novel. She said, I wrote my first story when I was five years old, and this novel was published when I was 41. So I've been practicing and writing for quite a while, says Lisa Cope. It is ambitious in scope because it spans... New York City and China, and it skillfully depicts the many worlds that Deming's life encompasses. As he switches cultures and milieus, the author has to tackle these different these different cultures and milieus, from the Deming and the Palin China and Chinese background to the Polly and the Daniel try to be American culture. Ko also tackles the school scene. She describes Deming's school when he's Deming back in PS 33 when he lives in the Bronx, as well as the middle school and high school up in upstate New York when Deming is adopted and becomes Daniel. She also 
draw the author also draws in great detail the music scene that Deming becomes part of, life in the Bronx and upstate New York, not to mention when Daniel goes to China and also the parts when Palin or Polly goes back to China. So we get Fuzhou and Beijing in China, as well as Bronx and upstate New York. She, the author, draws on our sympathies. It is impossible not to root for a boy so unmoored by circumstance. I mean, here's a boy who, who's living, first he's in He's born in America, sent back to China to live with a grandfather, then sent back to America where he's happy, happily living with his mother until one day when he's 11 years old, his mother disappears and he's left. And then he's adopted by these kindly white Americans who do their best to, to give him love and a stable home. But in their... In their um, despite their liberal do-good impulses, they are not able to understand what it's like for this very Asian-looking child to be living in this in their lily-white upstate New York community. And Co does not mock the Wilkinsons, those are Daniel's adoptive parents, their liberal do-good impulses. She doesn't mock them, but she more subtly, or maybe not so subtly, critiques them. Their hope, which is well-meaning but condescending, is to rehabilitate their Daniel into middle-class life. They wanted him to succeed, writes Co, in ways that were important to them because it would mean that they had succeeded too. And yet it doesn't work out quite the way they wanted it to because no matter how hard they try, Daniel's status in this very wasp suburb or small community as the only Chinese boy in his school, no matter what, he somehow becomes the victim of subtle and not so subtle racist bigotry. As Ko writes, in the city, he had just been another kid. He had never known how exhausting it was to be conspicuous because he's very conspicuous up there in upstate New York. The emotional chaos that's wreaked by Deming's, Daniel's cultural displacement is vividly drawn. I am Daniel Wilkinson, he tells himself, although he clutches internally to Deming, and he returns to the memory of his mother as a path back to his former whole self. If only, he thinks, he could just talk to his mother in person, maybe he could figure out who he should be and this is the this is the this is the the sadness this is the the tragedy of this story of this young boy young man who has been adopted by a kind well-meaning family and yet never quite 
finds himself comfortable or at home there. And so then when he gets further in, when further information becomes available about his mother, he sets out to find her. We, the readers, only know her from the chapters that the author gives us from, from her point of view, from Polly, the mother's point of view. And I think that those chapters, for me at least, were the most interesting ones of the story. The chapters about Deming when he was young were interesting, but then there was a lot of writing about Dem- Deming the teenager and Deming the young the young man who's attempting because music continues to be his passion, not academics, much to the dismay of his adoptive parents who really are not so happy that Deming never does well in school and he, he graduates high school, but he's not interested in continuing in college. He really wants to play music. And he goes to New York City. He goes back to New York. He lives in Brooklyn. Um, he tries to make it on the music scene there, which is something that's not easy for him to do. But the and and but those chapters are very much detailed and I tended to find them a bit too much, a bit too much description in that part of the story. I wish that there would have been more told from Polly, from Palin's point of view, because we find out that she has gone back to China. I won't tell you the details of that for those of you who haven't read the book. She goes, she's back in China and she has made quite a life for herself. Why she hasn't got in touch with her son all those years, that's something else. But she, uh, but she is such an interesting, feisty character, one who doesn't seem to be satisfied with staying in one place. And so the title of the book, The Leavers, as I say, L-E-A-V-E-R-S, Those Who Leave, applies, of course, very clearly to to Palin, to Polly, to, to Deming's mother. Um, and after, after we come to the end of the book, we realize that Deming himself also has to come to terms with this idea of what it means to leave and what it means to stay. Not only what it meant to his mother and why she left and why she couldn't stay, but also to Deming, Daniel, who becomes probably Deming again uh, towards the end of the story, is to figure out who he is, where he he should live, what he has to leave and what he has to come back to. This is a very compelling story about a boy and about her, about a son and about his mother, a woman who it turns out has done a lot of things wrong, a lot of things right as well, but has lived life the way that she best could, given her personality, her kind of character. And this story, just to let you know, the story was based on an article that the author of the book saw, read, in the New York Times in 2009 about a, the told the story about of a woman, a young a Chinese woman who had had, um, who was stopped by immigration agents in 2000, it was in 2009, while taking a bus from New York City to Florida. And when the New York Times reporter found her, she had been 
kept in an immigration, she'd been held in an immigration detention center for over a year. And this story inspired the author. She was very taken by this. And she said that I based my character, Polly, very loosely on the character that I read about, on the woman I read about in this article. And then, because I'm a writer of fiction, I gave her an 11-year-old son, Deming, a home in the Bronx, a job at a nail salon. And one morning, she leaves for work and she never comes home. Polly's voice, her hustle, her journey, and as I said, she paid $50,000 to be smuggled into the United States in a box, the author said, came to me all in a flash. But I also had to go, says Lisa Ko, to China to look for myself. And the author, as she is of Chinese heritage, but she'd never, she was born in America, she'd never been to China. She went to China because her narrative when she was writing the story had been stalled. And she was very concerned about not misrepresenting China. So she traveled to China. She went to Fuzhou, the province where, where Polly, her main character, comes from. And, and, and did a lot of research and walked around and met people and then went back to New York and continued to write the story. She says, Gradually, I realized that the crux of my novel lay not just in Polly, but also in Polly's son, Deming. I needed to tell both stories. I decided to intersperse Deming's story of being adopted by a white couple and moved upstate with Polly's story of why she left China in her early years um, in New York and what happens after her separation from him. It's Deming's search for his mother that is the heart of this story, the heart of my book, The Leavers. The Leavers is my effort, concludes Lisa Ho, to go beyond the news articles using real-life details as a template to build from but not to adhere to. It's the story Behind the story, a tribute to the sweat, heart, and grind of immigrants in America. But it really is the story of one mother and her son, what brings them together and what takes them apart, says Lisa Ko. The Leavers has won critical praise for its underlying themes of displacement and deportation. These themes carry deep resonance in America, but beyond America as well. This book could be relevant to people who live in any country with large immigrant and illegal immigrants, or shall we say undocumented immigrant populations. Co-movingly captures Polly and Deming's presence in the immigrant community on the margins of society, in overcrowded apartments, in nail parlors, and in factories. These people who form a not insignificant part of the population of the Western world these days. Thank you very much and hoping to be with you again next month. Well, that is today's episode of the Code St. Luke podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Thank you to our guests and thank you to you for listening here today. The show is produced by me, Daryl Levine. The telephone broadcasting service and podcast was launched as a way to get content into your home during the pandemic period. 
As you know, we had to stop our events at the library and at Parks and Recreation. So we hope you're enjoying the podcast as a sort of a virtual way of getting the content to you so you can hear your favorite speakers at home. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts. Every rating and review helps others to find the show. Have a great day.